I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. Your number one podcast for not putting out episodes during breaks. Don't tell them that. Let them think there are people that are worse at it. (laughs) We're at least tied for number one. We have lives. That's right. We are a Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here to talk about Chapter 67, Varsity Blues by Aaron Allen, directed by Roxanne Benjamin. Back at it again, in the saddle, in the the hot seat, the recording chair. Pump up your jock jams. pumping it up! Let me see that Tootsie Roll. It is Spirit Week. Are you all ready for this? I'm so ready. It turns out that Spirit Week in Riverdale is long, long after Homecoming, which I think is unusual. Yes. It's also the week of the state championship game, which means this is the first time they've ever held a football game during Spirit Week. Yeah. (laughs) That's poor scheduling. It's bad. I, I'm going to go with uh, your knowledge of how schools work. <laughs> you know, this is strange. It's the, the way your spirit week works uh-huh. is you want that to end with a home football game. That makes sense. That is impossible if it's held the week of the state championship football game. Because there's a chance you might not be playing. There, an almost certain chance you're not playing. <laughs> And even if you are playing, you're, you're going to be in, in a larger stadium that the State Athletic Association has booked. Okay, so maybe... Not your home field. Maybe this is the first time mm-hmm. Riverdale has ever had a spirit week. <laughs> they're figuring <laughs> things out. Because they're in the championship. They they're like, you know, let's do this thing that other schools do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's Mr. Honey's first spirit week. Weatherby would have had this on lock. Maybe Mr. Honey was homeschooled and that's why he's clueless. <laughs> but in any case, it is. Riverdale will be playing for the state championship of whatever class they're in. Uh, yes. Despite I- not playing a single game. We, we saw a preseason practice. Mm-hmm. And now we've skipped to the championship. Good job, Bulldogs. I'll say this episode was a little strange because there was literally no previously on. <laughs> there was no recap. Which you would think you want after a six-week break, I think. It's been a while. We just, we just dove in. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a little jarring to me because I was like, okay, I got like 15 more seconds to not pay attention. Mm-hmm. No, I had to pay attention. Also, their opponent in this game is, of course, Stonewall Prep. Yes, the Stonewall Stallions. Despite having a school population of six. Apparently, they got enough for a football team. They have enough boys for a football team. Are you sure? Are you sure it wasn't just uh, the the writing workshop? Those two girls are, are in pads, too? You don't know. Isn't there just one girl in the writing workshop? I don't know. Only one that talks. It's so, it's so confusing. <laughs> People are very excited about very this game. Very excited. Uh, everyone's excited, like, Monroe is the reason why. Yeah, and, and he's, he's their breakout star. He, he made it possible. Um, Betty's all excited. She, you know, she's going to write a thing, and, and Principal Honey's all like, it's going to be something positive, Betty. 
You're going to write me a positive article. Yes, about how ex- how much fun football is, I guess, yes. is the point. School spirit. Mm-hmm. She's going to write about the epic highs and lows of high school football. We will finally all learn. Yes. Yes. Uh, and this this is the last football game of Archie's career. Because he's never going to play football again, ever. Well, he wasn't that good at it, so that makes sense. He did not take them to a championship, so yeah. I mean, he sort of did. He is the starting quarterback of a state champion team. But they wouldn't have gotten there without Monroe. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, so over at Stonewall, Brett is a creepy creep, and he's all like... <laughs> Judging Jughead for his old computer and is like, mm-hmm. don't you need a new one? And Jughead's all like, but it knows my fingers. Which is also a little creepy. A little creepy. A little bit. A little creepy. And uh, it does explain why he doesn't trade in Betty. Because <laughs> she knows his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He can find all the keys, especially the G. So uh, du- DuPont. 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 DuPont uh, summons Jughead. Because he did a nice thing. He's a good teacher now. So, yeah, it's weird. I don't I don't really get it. He's very nice <laughs> since Jughead signed this contract about the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Jughead has an interview with someone from Yale. Yeah, a Yale recruiter. That and he it- did not apply to the school. <laughs> but apparently he was slipped some stories and they want to meet with Jughead. And Jughead's very leery about this because Betty applied there and did not get in. Mm-hmm. So he just doesn't know. But it makes perfect sense. You know, you, you cultivate a network of favors. You, you make Jughead reliant on you. And then when the time comes, remind him that everything he has now, you can take away. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because he's a creeper ass. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's clearly <laughs> murdering people. <laughs> So over at the club speakeasy, mm-hmm. Le Bonnui, Le Bonnui, uh, Reggie uh-huh. uh, Veronica is serving uh, Reggie, who let's remember they're all still underage. Yes, uh, some of her her rum that she has manufactured, and apparently it's really good. Mm-hmm. And she's talking all about how it's grandma's you know recipe, but she changed stuff and she's called it Luna Rum. Reggie has never drank any alcohol that costs more than $2, right? <laughs> no. Why, he he does not have what I would call a sophisticated palate. Yeah. I don't know if I would have him be the judge. <laughs> so uh, back at Riverdale High, uh, Principal Honey, mm-hmm. in his very spirit week spirit outfit. Oh, he is... He has a whole closet full of bulldog sweatshirts all of a sudden, and it is very cute. Yes. They are very lumpy on him. Yes. He he stops the vixens and is all like, well, as I said, Miss, I was going to get you a coach, and Miss Appleyard here is the coach. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl is pissed, and she's all like, I run the show here, bitch. She's also upset that this change is happening before... You know, the the last week of cheer season. Yeah. So apparently they don't cheer for the basketball team? No. How rude. That's terrible. Yeah. And so Miss Appleyard lays down the law that they're going to cheer because they're cheerleaders and not they're not going to focus on this, like, song and dance. Yeah. Well, when is the last time the River Vixens did a human pyramid or said something <laughs> about defense? 
Never. They really just want to be a show choir. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently Miss Appleyard has has tra- uh, her last team she took to nationals three years in a row. And apparently you can just get into nationals after one week of effort. Apparently. Th- this is actually foreshadowing? This is? Oh my god, I have that in my notes for later. <laughs> <gasps> So, uh, meanwhile, Betty is doing, uh, some, some interviewing for her article and she's interviewing Archie and Monroe. And Reggie. And Reggie's there, but he doesn't really talk. (laughs) Uh, well, he does eventually to be like, Stonewall shit! Yeah, he goes on the record. (laughs) Yes. It's all about how, oh, we're excited and stuff, and we find out that, uh, a Notre Dame recruiter is coming for Monroe. Yeah, very exciting. Um, and yeah, Reggie's all like, well, the only reason Stonewall assholes are, you know, undefeated is because they played dirty and they played a hurt. Mm-hmm. Their, their whole strategy is to deliver terrible injuries on the opposing team. They're the Flint generals. <laughs> Which don't, I don't think exist anymore. I don't think they I think there are, there's like a different hockey team in Flint now. Yes. Or at least there was. Times, they are a-changing. I don't know. But yeah, so apparently every team that they've played this year has injured players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes Betty all like, ooh. ooh, an, ooh. an angle. Th- this is the kind of story ooh. I like to write. Ooh. ooh. Pain and suffering, you say. We have so much in common. If it bleeds, it leads. That's the blue and gold motto. <laughs> so much fucking in common. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, Archie and Uncle Frank are bonding. Mm-hmm. Uncle Frank, after being introduced in dialogue in the previous episode, yes. has since been living in the El Royale for a bit. Yep. And uh, apparently, like, weeks have gone by. Mm-hmm. Weeks. And he's so excited to see Archie play. I guess that's when the they did all time. their football games in the last few weeks. Yeah, but why didn't he go to a football <laughs> game already? <laughs> Who could say? Who knows? He, sh- he should have made it to one. He's so busy hanging out in a boxing gym. You know how it goes. So Frank is all like, well, you know, but it might be time for me to move on s- soon. And Archie's like, no, you should stay. And Frank's like, well, Mary's not going to like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Archie's all like, oh, I'll be fine. And then we cut to a very awkward sofa sitting session with Mary really pissed. It's not fine. It's not fine, it's Archie. It's not fine. And the two of them look like tiny little children being like punished for their hand in the cookie jar. It's very good. It's a very good shot. But yeah, we, we learn... Uh, uh, we we learned the beginning of the tension between Mary and her her uh, brother in law. Yes, uh, Archie wants to offer him a job at the construction company, mm-hmm. and Mary's just like, he's gonna run as soon as he's you actually put run. him to work. He's a flake. Have you even been to your brother's grave? Which is where we learn he's been on a crab boat the whole time. <laughs> Yep. That's why Archie never knew his uncle. He'd been crabbing all these years. Well, not the whole time. A lot of the time. Apparently, we find out later that apparently he was in Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Well, Archie wasn't born during Desert Storm. And and many other years of, like, military. Archie was born ten years after Desert Storm. He a baby. Yeah. Sometimes I forget they're babies. We now have a definite canonical timeline. <laughs> 
so over at Pops, Betty and uh, Jughead are having some dinner. And Jughead's very distracted and playing with his french fries. So that means something is up. Mm-hmm. He's not shoveling in his mouth. He's just trying to maintain shot continuity, okay? Yeah. Jughead is helping the crew out. <laughs> uh, so Betty questions what's wrong. He fills her in on the Yale interview and how he's he's worried that that's a problem. And she, she stiffens. She's a little, like, upset. But in return to, like, the surprising emotional maturity of these characters, she, like, over the course of a minute, comes around to, to believe the words she's saying, that it's okay. Yep. It's, it's a great opportunity, and I'm happy for you. <laughs> this is actually a good thing. Yes. Uh, and then she fills him in on the article that she's writing. He's all like, well, have you thought about interviewing the opposing team? Huh? Oh, you mean the people who attacked us in bunny masks? <laughs> uh, They'll uh, add drama. I mean, yeah. You know. So back at Riverdale High, uh, Cheryl drops off a, gis- a gift basket of homemade treats for Appleyard, like she does to everyone. Only Cheryl can make a basket of muffins into a threat. Yes. It's a talent. Appleyard is all like, well, instead of spending so much time in the kitchen maybe you should spend more time in the weight room and cheryl like my body is perfection you crone and she takes the basket and storms out i mean she's right we've all seen it yes yeah 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 i i don't i don't really think she has to like work out that much and she good the only thing that would happen is that her she would be reduced to only six feet of legs in a five foot person i don't i don't know how it works I don't understand. I mean, I like to hope that Appleyard's like mentality with this is like we need to be strong so we can do these pyramids. But in reality, I'm like, wow, you're body shaming and like <laughs> telling an already thin girl that she needs to lose weight. Fuck you. Maybe she's telling her she needs to gain bulk. That's why I was. That was the first <laughs> part of what I said. Yeah, I would like yeah. to think that, but I don't. We're- I don't know. You can't do a back handspring on, on twig arms. You probably can. It's a lot of momentum. Yeah, I don't I don't know how these things work. I I don't know. I've never done a back handspring. <laughs> I was never a flippy person. It's all in the hips. Yeah. I don't it? know. <laughs> uh so Betty interviews Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh and is all like Doesn't well, go well. Yeah, she just calls him out for them playing dirty and he goes into a big spiel with a lot of words about how it's not like a knitting circle. It's social Darwinism in real life. And, and you know, they're savages and stuff. And I'm just like, dude, you've obviously never been stabbed by a knitting needle before. Those things are vicious. <laughs> Me and my friends still have scars. Yeah, but self-inflicted, right? You, you weren't squaring off like West Side Story. <laughs> No, we, like, walked into walls accidentally holding knitting <laughs> needles and got stabbed. So still, it's not a vicious blood sport. You were just accident prone. Oh, my friend totally had blood from the knitting needle. <laughs> and, like, I've definitely gotten some blisters from knitting too much. It's a question of intent, much. though. <laughs> okay. 
You could totally, though, murder people with your knitting needles. I keep hearing could. I'm not hearing did, though. That's the point. Criminizing myself is not what we're going to do today. Uh, I I always like to to protect my floors with a nice coat of criminize. Uh, (laughs) So I, I, I do like that Betty does this interview in the Stonewall Prep uh, student lounge. Yeah. Where there are never any students. No. It's the most antisocial class body. Yes. Uh, apparently she didn't talk to him ahead of time about doing this because he had to leave like two minutes later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was a very short interview. While Betty has to catch the train, I guess. And that's all she's doing that day. I don't think he said you can quote me on that. He said He did. He, is that what he said? Yes. Because she was all like, you bet your ass I will, psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Veronica does a... A Tupperware party. Tupperware party, but for her rum. High class Tupperware party. To to a bunch of restaurant people. It was like three, three restaurant people. Now, if you really love this product, you can become a seller yourself. And as long as you buy from me, I can get you a special introductory rate. Oh my God, she should totally create a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yes. If you drink this rum, you will get a beach body. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah, just give it to all the river vixens. It's perfect. <laughs> but yeah, the the tasting portion of this seminar is going very well. They love the notes of cardamom in the carder rum. Yeah. They're, she's careful with the coriander. That's what makes the liquor grander. Yeah. You saying I can't do Sweeney Todd bits? No, you totally can. Okay. So uh, back at Stonewall, Jughead goes to his room. Mm-hmm. And there's a... a- a box there, a gift box, and a little note from the Skull and Quill, or Quill and Skull, whatever it is. It's a new laptop. Obviously bugged. This That's, is a trap. My note is, don't use don't that. Use, don't use that shit. They're going to steal your shit. It's got key loggers to hell and back. You're going to go through their VPN and they're, Mr. Robot up in here. They're going to steal your social security number. They're going to frame you for all the crimes. They're going to say you're a hacker. Don't. Touch that shit. They're going to steal your nudes that you send to Betty. Oh, my. Well, not entirely. He uses the hat. Oh, I was thinking it was like a different snack from the vending machine. <laughs> he knows how excited that got her. It's time for some Twizzlers, baby. Dorito day. Uh, no, no. The crumbs. The crumbs. <laughs> very bad. Ho-ho. Don't call her a ho-ho. On my ho-ho. All right. So back at Riverdale, the River Vixens... <laughs> Yes, dear? I was just thinking about if they had Twinkies and how he could display it. The cream's already leaking. So, back at Riverdale, the River Vixens. Well, the gift we know, uh, Brett's all like, I gave that to you. In case, like, the note wasn't obvious. Note was, that, like, yeah. I guess he doesn't think that Jughead, like, reads. There's not even words. It's just the logo. <laughs> I guess he thinks Jughead is blind. <laughs> he does not have a high opinion of a boy. This is true. It's just like, I did it. I did it. Just... We're best friends, right? I did it. I'm like, mm. So at, at Riverdale, the River Vixens have stormed uh, uh, Principal Honey's office, backing up Cheryl. It is clear that there are more River Vixens than Stonewall students. Uh, and they are going on strike. Yes. When the circulation bell starts ringing. No. No. <laughs> no, I'm not saying no to you. That's the line in the yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking that would work better if it was Betty. Yeah. Betty was like, no, I'm not going to write this. I'm going on strike. 
And then Kevin can come out and be like, hey, I know all the words to this. I read lines with my brother. (laughs) Casey Cott's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin's an only child. I know. It's a joke. He he has a stepsister. Yeah. Who moved out. Yeah. But I'm making a joke about his brother being Jack in Newsies. Corey Cott. Yeah. Yeah. And now everyone else knows. Yes. And so Cheryl calls out Principal Honey for uh, afflicting their divine sisterhood. Yes. With with this whole thing. And, uh, you know, because there's an important football game coming up, you better meet their demands and yeah. kick Appleyard out. Or there will be no cheering. There will be no spirit. No spirit whatsoever all week. Unlike Nancy Drew, where apparently there's ghosts all the time. All the time. We watch like three minutes of Nancy Drew a week before we turn on the mics and like- There is always sex sex and and ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. Maybe in the off season we'll catch up because it looks like a fun show. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So over at Pops, uh, Betty is interviewing lots of football players from other towns. You can tell they're football players because they do not own regular (laughs) shirts. They're just wearing their jerseys, which very, like, in middle of frame, say a different town name. (laughs) So, Oh my god, you know what would have been the best? Hmm. If, if, um, I'm trying to think of a character that I know from Sabrina that plays football, but I don't. Harvey. Does Harvey actually play football? I mean, probably. He seems the type. Because I was going to say him, but I don't think we ever see him play football. They take their, uh, you know, school schedule seriously, and all of the parts of Sabrina that have happened so far have not been in football season. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, it would have been funny if one of them was there talking about it. Um, That would have been a a missed opportunity. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, all of them have uh, different types of injuries. But they all have the same story. You know, it's many interviews compressed into one. Every time uh, Betty asks a question, another one is answering it, even though her question is a follow-up from the previous interview. It's a montage. Yeah, it's a fun way to structure a montage. Um, And it shows that all of their stories are the same. That... Stonewall intentionally goes for for injuries that will take you out of the game, and they're paying off the refs to get away with it, and and by targeting high-value players and and intimidating uh, the rest, that's how they win games. And it's also rumored that the players get a bounty for hurting people. Yes. As if all these trust fund babies need it. I don't know. Just for points, I guess? Probably. That is probably exactly what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Extra Yale interviews, if you take out Monroe. Uh, So over at the El Royale, Mm -hmm. uh, the Bulldogs are just, like, working out. There's (laughs) no children to be seen. They kicked out all the kids. They're just all working out. Uh, And Monroe heads out on his own and is confronted three bunny mask-wearing dudes. I'm pretty sure that's, like, surplus from the Batwoman costume department up the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they take a golf club to his knee. Yep. And Archie and Reggie find him on the ground, his knee busted, and and things aren't looking good. Yeah. Monroe says he couldn't see their faces, but Archie's like, well, that doesn't mean we don't know who it was. I don't know why he didn't say they were wearing bunny masks. (laughs) Who would believe that? That's ridiculous. Monroe's new in town still. Yeah. Uh, so back at Stonewall, Jughead is going into the basement for mm-hmm. the club meeting. 
Yes. Which Brett is late to to because he had a previous obligation that ran over. Do you get it? Yeah. It's a clue. Uh, And so it is the final part of initiation, because apparently after months, we're not done initiating. Where Jughead has to put his penis in the mouth of the severed head of a pig, as you do. (laughs) No, where they have to pass around a skull and say their deepest, darkest secret to each other and record it. For the archives, which makes no fucking sense. Uh, it does if you're Scientology. This <laughs> this is the blackmail file that that they have on it, John Travolta. I just don't understand how Jughead wasn't like, wait, hold up, you're gonna what? <laughs> I'm gonna leave. So most of them share a secret. Some of them have no lines in this scene. Yeah, two of them don't speak. Um, and I'm like, I want to know what your secrets were. We find out that the girl, her her secret is that her uncle made a pass at her. When she I, was is thirteen. The quote. Yeah, and then her mom didn't believe her, and she started cutting. And they have some gruesome makeup effects on her. Yes. Uh, and then Brett's is when he was fifteen. His dad got him a hooker, and he didn't want to do it. And he cried the whole time, but he couldn't tell his dad because he thought his dad would kill him. Very literally kill him. Yes. And then it's Jughead's turn. Jughead tells a tale of, of his time of homelessness. He wasn't just living in the projection booth or the school. He, he also uh, slept rough under a bridge in a small shanty town. And, and one of the other inhabitants was a guy named Doc who would stay up nights and keep watch. Make sure, like, the... the the junkies didn't come after him. Mm-hmm. And then some businessmen? Yes. Some businessmen came and beat the shit out of him one day, and Jughead didn't do anything to stop it, and it's like his his greatest shame is that he didn't he just do anything. sat there and watched, and he never told anybody ever, this is the first time another living soul has found out about this. And I'm just like, they just recorded this. Like, what? Yeah. I don't, don't say anything. I mean, unless there is an incredibly strict, like, Good Samaritan law, I don't think he's criminally viable. It's bad. It doesn't look good for him, but he won't get in, like, trouble, trouble. They're gonna tell Yale. Yeah, they're gonna tell Yale. Back at school, mm-hmm. Cheryl is reading The Art of War. Yes. As Tony rushes in that they got a big problem. And they rush to the locker room where all the other vixens are there with the coach. All 40 of them, by my count. It's and a large group. Yes. The coach is wearing Cheryl's shirt. Which, rude. Very rude. Very rude. That's theft. Uh, and we find out that Principal Honey threatened them that if they didn't go do spirit, they couldn't go to prom. Mm-hmm. Classic st- strike-breaking technique. And it worked. But I have to question Cheryl's uh, uh, strategy. Strategy. <laughs> the gesture looks like when your hands are under a blanket and you're gesturing I'm like that. I'm trying to shake out the word strategy <laughs> in only demanding like- her own reinstatement. Like, how is this a goal that the rest of the the cheer squad can get behind? What does that do for them? This yeah. is about solidarity, Cheryl, not your own ego. Yeah. Thank you very much. How dare the other cheerleaders want to lead some cheers? I don't blame them one bit. 
So over at Stonewall, mm-hmm. the bulldogs come in. Yeah. And they're all like, you fuckers, you beat up Monroe. And they're basically like, yeah, but yeah. with plausible deniability. Some insults are thrown, and then there's a lot of punching. And Jughead rushes in to, to try to keep uh, Brett and Archie apart because he has so much experience keeping Archie from punching the criminal members of his new school. It happened a lot at his old new school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Archie ends up in jail. <laughs> we don't know if anyone else does, but Archie does. And Uncle Frank has to bail him out mm-hmm. because he did not call his mom. No. Meanwhile, Jughead is having his interview for Yale. Yep. And it's weird for the Yale recruiter to immediately call him racist. That's getting off on the wrong foot. Because he's like, Lovecraft was your influence, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've heard Jughead's writing. He does not throw out so many superfluous adjectives with uh, uh, so many, you know, syllables. Like, mm, mm. Yeah. What else would be a hallmark of Lovecraft? He gets compliments and Jughead's all like taken back because he's not used to being treated like a real writer. And the guy's like, well, when you go to Yale, you can prove yourself and it's all on yourself if Mm -hmm. you're good or not. No one else can say if you are. And I'm like, that's not how, like, grading works. (laughs) That's definitely how elite schools work, right? It's not networks of of privilege and and, uh, uh, contacts, you know, just like how he got this interview in the first place. That doesn't keep going, right? Literally all of college (laughs) is trying to write your paper and your shit in a way that the professor that you are taking from will like it. Doesn't mean you agree with it. It doesn't mean that's how you write. It doesn't mean that's how you do anything. It's all about, will this get me an A? That's college. And it's, it's just a degree on how to lie really well. And then your diplomat father gets, you know, your professor invited to a party at the White House. And then you get an A no matter what you wrote. Yep. That's how Brett's going to do it, Yale. Yep. Yeah. So over at Pops, mm-hmm. uh, Archie and Uncle Frank are, are having a meal. Archie's... It looks like ravenous from his, like, you know, couple hours in the big house again. Yeah. The, as we know, the, the jail bars suck life essence out of people. Yeah. That's why so many people have died in police custody. And then it is transferred to FP to give him the good daddy juice. <laughs> FP just sucks the life out of inmates. It's like a weird vamp- vampiric totem. The bars of, of the, the jail cell. I'm fine with this because I like FP as good daddy. Yeah. And all it means is Archie needs a big snack. Big snack. Big snack. Uncle Frank goes into like, oh, you're a lot like your dad. He was the same way fighting for his friends. And Archie's all like, what? My dad fighting ever? Uh, I was like, yeah, he was a brutal bar fighter. It's like, oh, well, you know, my dad taught me a lot of things, but, like, he didn't teach me to fight. Like, I learned to box on my own. Oh, you box? I box, too. Are Frank, you good- you've, you've been living in the boxing gym he owns, and you're surprised to learn he has boxed? Like, he owns it. <laughs> he boxes in it all the freaking time. The only clothes we see Frank wearing are El Royale t-shirts. This conversation should have happened, I don't know, three weeks ago. Uh, he also proceeds to ask Archie, are you good? And Archie's like, well, yeah, one time I boxed a bear. 
And lost, to be fair. I think he I like. I like to think that the conversation then went on to, I also boxed Bear Man. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you how me and that uh, star running back met. Yeah. I don't understand that scene. That scene is so weird. <laughs> it's so it's like they just chopped it like, you know, this can just happen later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no, it shouldn't. It doesn't make sense now. So Betty and Veronica are hanging out. They're having some friend time. In the same room at the same time. What? And it's not even the student lounge. It's amazing. I, it might be the first time this season. Uh, and so Betty is all like, I, I need your help. I need a confession from Brett. He's throwing a party. And Veronica's like, ooh, B and V you know team up scam team up yeah and she's like actually no i need you to do it because they know her face yeah. they don't know veronica so veronica's all like great i'll pull out my blonde wig i got some stuff to loosen his lips i'll wear a wire nothing but <laughs> hide it in the wig you don't gotta know yeah yeah uh, so then uh back at the andrews household archie's chilling in his room and uh, Mary comes in and she's like, so, anything interesting happened today? By the way, I'm here to do actual and relatable parenting. He's all like, uh, <laughs> she's like, don't you dare, FP called me. <laughs> you motherfucker, you're grounded. <laughs> this so, is bullshit. So yes, th- this is when Mary decides that it- it's time to open up why she doesn't like Frank so much. And, and the final straw of Frank's flakiness was uh, re- remember that DUI on uh, uh, on Fred's record from way back when? Why he couldn't just outright adopt Jughead? Yeah, that is because of Frank. Frank was the one who wrapped his car around the tree, and FP took the fall so Frank wouldn't get his third strike and end up in jail. Mm-hmm. And Frank then decided to just disappear and hasn't been seen since. Crab boat, crab boat. Yeah, and she grounds his ass. She yeah. actually does, and I'm like, wow. No, no he, one's done that in a while. He anyone? is not to leave the house except for the championship game. Yep. Yes. Uh, so over at the Stonewall football party, mm-hmm. Veronica walks in in a terrible blonde wig, carrying a bottle of her rum with a little like pour already on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's basically one of those Jameson girls that goes around to neighborhood yes. bars with like a little iPad with a survey. <laughs> Yes, and she introduces her. It's a sales call. And she's like, I'm Monica. (laughs) And she goes up to Brett and is all like, I'm taking orders. So she is. She is just one of those weird girls from the bar. But, you know, doing it for herself. And Brett makes some really gross comments about how she should, like, go undress in his room. Well, you're taking orders, aren't you? (sighs) But Brett in this scene has a little shot glass size plastic solo cup. Yeah. And I love it so much. It's so yeah, stupid. Yeah, those, those exist. And they're very stupid. <laughs> and so that is what she serves him the rum in. And so they're they're chatting and she's, you know, setting him up to like say stuff and she's all like, "Oh, well, you're very lucky that, you know, that Monroe boy got beat up." And he's like, "We're not lucky. We, we make, make our, our own luck." luck. But then Jughead's all like, He's a fucking moron. Veronica? Jughead? Veronica? No, Monica. I said Monica. He said Monica. Go and go talk to him. I'll be back. 
ever since like the last 15 minutes of the previous episode, Jughead seems to have forgotten what show he's in, what town he lives in. <laughs> ever since he just believed that his grandpa skipped town ra- rather than own up to family responsibilities. Yeah. Now he's like, what? Why, why is my friend in her undercover blonde mask probably not doing any undercover stuff? I should say her name. Well, and what I love is Veronica's like, what are you doing here? I go to school here. <laughs> yeah, but she was never good at this sort of thing. It's not a change for her. And she's like, well, why are you at a party from the secret society? Are you a part of the secret society? Does yeah. Betty know? Betty knows now. She's listening right now. Confess your sins to the flower on my lapel, Forsyth. We just shove my boobs in front of you. Oh, she was shoving her boobs everywhere. The the costume department, good job. And Brett is literally five feet away from her during <laughs> yes. this whole freaking thing. Yes. Uh, so then we jump to Betty and Jughead having a conversation about why he didn't tell her about the secret society. Because it's a secret society. Uh-huh. It's in the name, Betty. I didn't. But they they have a slight fight, and he realizes that he was wrong to keep secrets, and he apologizes, and they're they're fine, they're all better, you know. Broken bones heal stronger than before, baby. Yeah, hell yeah. So Archie goes to his uncle, who is boxing in the boxing gym, wearing an El Royale shirt again. Yeah, after he got back from from burgers and fries and and bonding night, he just, like, looked around him like the end of the usual suspects, and it all fell into place. Boxing! (laughs) I thought that blood was grape juice. You mean this large, heavy bag wasn't your laundry? (laughs) Uh, And so Archie lets him know that he knows about the DUI. Mm-hmm. And and Frank, he, he gives his version of events that uh, Fred had already taken the heat before Frank even woke up the next day. He he left. He he left because he knew he needed to get his shit together and his you know go to counseling and all these things to be a better person before coming back and and making it right with Fred. But he never got a chance to do that. Probably because there aren't a lot of therapists on crab boats. Yep. Maybe not the best place to do that. So Hiram goes to visit Veronica. Mm-hmm. Packing and, up all of her orders in Les Bonnuits. And he's all like, here's a cease and desist, bitch. They have a little back and forth because he's all like, one of the ladies that bought is a friend of his and they sent the rum to a chemist and they found out that the recipe's like exactly the same except for the stuff except you added. Except for all the differences, it's the which same. Which makes it different. Okay. I... Talk to a lawyer, Veronica. Yeah, I would suggest that... Talk to Veronica, Mary. Veronica does have a strong legal case. However, uh, I'm pretty sure this is a harassment suit. The, the point is to just, like, bleed her out in the courts and make it not worth her while to contest yeah. the C&D. I think that's the play here. Uh, so Hiram's all like, well, you know, we could go into business together. And she's all like, fuck you, no. For once and for all, no. We can't keep doing this every third episode. <laughs> no. And he's all like, but why not? Because you've done too much. <laughs> You're bad. You're a very bad man. This is the whole point of things lately. You're very bad. 
Where is her distillery? Where is she making this? <laughs> Where is her bottling plant? Who knows? Is, is she just like printing these labels off on an inkjet and like <laughs> slap some Elmer's glue on there? Yes. Very premium. Where's Jelly Bean been? <laughs> She's running the distillery. So over at Stonewall, mm-hmm. uh, DuPont comes into Jughead and is all like, hey, I know your girlfriend's writing a piece that could be very damaging on the school. Can you, like, make her not? And Jughead's like, no. Because that would be very bad for their relationship. He does not mention it would be terrible journalistic ethics. Yes. It's very unethical. And Jughead is very suspicious and is like, well, I understand that this probably will ruin my chances at Yale. And DuPont's like, no, it won't. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Also, you should sit with me at the game. And I'm like, you're going to murder him. Oh, my God. You're going to, like, suck his blood and, like, lick his feet and be really creepy. This favor isn't big enough for, for me to burn my biggest piece of leverage over you, Forsyth. Anyhow, let's get friendly first. Don't like. Nah. Monroe has come to see Archie. Mm-hmm. And, uh... The doctors have said with, that if he yeah, plays, with his prognosis. He, he might have permanent damage. He also says that he can barely walk, and if he stands for ten minutes, it feels like getting hit with the golf club again. Yes. It's bad. And then Frank comes in and is like, well... I can fix that right up for you. If you want some pills, these pills could make you play through the game. Pills, right. pills, pills. So this really is Varsity Blues. Yes, it is. Yes, it yes, is. It is. Varsity Blues. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I don't want your life. But not that scene. The other big scene yeah. in Varsity Blues. Oh, Paul Walker. Oh, Paul Walker. Makes me sad. And the other guy. Two two, two guys. Half, half of the, the football players in Varsity Blues are dead. It's very sad. Varsity Blues must have been <laughs> one of the first DVDs my family yeah? owned. Wow. Yes. Wow. Like, when did that come out? 1999. Yes. Okay. That thing was going around on Twitter, like, what was the first DVD you owned? And I was, like, trying to think about it. And, like, I got to some, I was like, well, those movies came out in, like, 2001. So, like, I know I had it, like, as soon as it came out. But we had Varsity Blues, and that was, like, immediately. Yeah. I don't remember the first DVD I owned. I do remember the first DVD we rented, which was Serenity. Really? The Firefly spin-off yes. movie, Serenity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With David Ayelowo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I was all I was one of the people who watched Firefly when it was on, like live. Mm-hmm. For real. Of course I watched it. It was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I watch everything that gets canceled. Especially if it's in space. Unless I decide to make a show about it and then it just goes forever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, speaking of shows that you watch forever and also end, Uncle Frank. Uh-huh. Uncle Frank, uh, you might recognize as uh, uh, the the big henchman in the season four, I think, flashback plot of Arrow. And he, like, harasses Ollie in, in, when they're doing the work camp to mine for the ghost head. Oh. The, 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 the totem well, thing. I am doing my rewatch right now. Mm-hmm. Because Arrow is ending next week, yes. I will not get through it all before then. But I, I just finished season two. 
The the actor so is also uh, uh, memorable in the criminally underrated found footage classic Apollo eighteen. Oh yes, I on Arrow. I just saw Krojček. <laughs> Remember how we like we're talking about that? Like yes. he was just in two episodes. Yes. 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 Yeah. Nicholas Lee, Leia, however he pronounces it. Krojček. Krojček. Yeah. Krojček from the X Files. Yeah. Is it Krojček? Krojček. Krojček. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's kind of lumpy in Arrow. Well, it's been a while since 1993 he's, he's, when he's, he was his hottest. His face got a little rounder, not quite as chiseled. It was 20 years since he was I crushed. understand. He's old enough he doesn't need a chiseled face. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not judging. Come- it's just like, if I wasn't like thinking about X-Files because we've been rewatching it, I probably would not have like realized it was him it would not have dawned on me immediately yeah yes just one of those good-looking vancouver men that that pop up in things vancouver men where were we we were talking about the pills oh yeah so frank is a fucking asshole who gives a minor drugs a minor who's finally out of juvie under the table pain meds so he can turn his uh season ending injury into perhaps a lifelong disability so let me like Give this child drugs so he can get a college scholarship well drugged. And you know, you know for a fact the opposing defense's, like, strategy, their intent is to break his knee even worse on the field. Yes. 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 And Archie is like, so not having this. Yes. But then Archie's dumb and is like, guys, no, don't do this. I'm going to school. Bye. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck? Don't leave your friend with your uncle who's trying to shove drugs down his throat. Because Monroe is desperate. Monroe needs to play in front of this recruiter. Monroe needs to show what he can do. I mean, and he wants to experience the epic highs and lows of high school football, goddammit. Archie has told him all about these epic highs and lows. (laughs) It's what he's been, like, living and breathing. Archie, it's your fault. Yeah, you shouldn't have yeah. talked up high school football so much. But I mean, if he can get, uh, if he can impress this recruiter, he can get a scholarship to to go play in Notre Dame. Maybe things go well. He plays pro. Even if he doesn't, he has a Notre Dame education, and that's something he can take care of his family with. He's also going to party a lot. Yes, because everyone I know that's gone to Notre Dame, oh my god, drinks and parties so fucking much, so much. I don't I don't know how they do it. Very expensive wine that they don't even taste is just gone. <laughs> just gone. Betty takes her article to Principal Honey and he's like, mm, "No, thank you." No, no, this isn't what I told you to write. I wanted you to write happy things like football, not ball, but fun. That's but what you're supposed to write, Betty. She's like, "No, culture of violence." <laughs> I feel a need to remind Betty that uh, censorship of school newspapers is the inciting incident of several landmark cases in in the First Amendment rights. Yeah. Yes. Along with, like, shirts with slogans in schools, black armbands in schools, quite a lot of uh, enforceable First Amendment restrictions come from public schools. What I think is most interesting about... The restrictions that have happened in Riverdale High mm-hmm. is they have absolutely no issues with crop tops. <laughs> Please show all the belly buttons. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Where are the boy buttons? 
uh, I mean, Harvey's taking care of that in Greendale. I mean, they're they're out all the time when the boys are shirtless. I guess all the time, well, all the time, all the time. But where's the crop tops on on the the gentlemen fellows? I don't know. The eighties are back, baby. Crop top them up. All the crop tops. San Dimas football rules. So over at the locker room where there's a bunch of shirtless dudes, mm-hmm. Monroe shows up. Yeah, and he's like, "Not sitting out. I took the pills. It's my life, my scholarship." Don't judge me, Archie. It's now or never. I don't want to live forever. And so uh, out in the football field arena. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm wrong. The, uh, uh, high, the, the New York State High School Football Association is not putting them anywhere but Riverdale High's field. Yes. And- I, I guess because they're like Division like G. Schools that are barely big enough to put together a team. Yeah. Betty comes and she finds Jughead not sitting with Stonewall, but mm-hmm. sitting with Kevin and Mary. Aww. And Kevin's got a cute little flag. Mm-hmm. Go Bulldogs. I'm a little let down that Kevin is not in the Bulldog mascot outfit. I, th- I think that's a missed opportunity. Well, what I, what I would like to know is since when did Betty become not a vixen? And uh, she is re- she's respecting the strike. Betty does not cross oh. a picket line. Betty's no scab. Well, I was going to say it's because, like, you know, they've missed so many, like, practices, but Veronica's there. Yes. I'm so confused. Yes. <laughs> um, this is the only time in, in this uh, episode with a whole plot about the Vixens that Veronica is among them. Yeah. She's not going to miss the championship game. Jughead does say something about how she does, or he does think that Yale's no longer a factor. Mm-hmm. So, like, he doesn't have to... Go sit with them. Right. Reggie is all like, hey, Veronica, let's get back at your dad during halftime. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will say they have very cute little cheerleader outfits. It's very like first season cheer. Yes. It's 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 actually like, you know, they're wearing the long sleeves underneath for warmth and stuff. <laughs> they got pom-poms on their shoes. It's very, <laughs> the aesthetic is very nice. Yes. So the boys huddle for football times. And, and Archie is calling plays that protect Monroe, and Monroe is having none of it. He is so, like, fiercely independent that he rejects the very concept of blockers in, <laughs> in a running play. And I feel like that's a bad call. Uh, is he, does he not know how football works? He's very new. He's very talented, but very new. Yeah. Uh, so back inside the school... Uh, Coach Appleyard is all like, oh, it's time for me to be out there with my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she finds herself locked in the office. Who else did it but Cheryl? She throws the keys in the trash bin. And Miss Appleyard, I want to level with you. I know you want to be out there so bad, reminding your girls how to spell the word aggressive. Be aggressive. Passive aggressive. I love that movie, too. You know I do. I love that movie. <laughs> love it. But you just got to count yourself lucky you are not covered in blood and or on fire (laughs) right now. Okay? You got off light. This is basically a warning. (laughs) Uh, So Cheryl goes out there and she's like, listen up, bitches. This is a coup. Again, you don't usually survive a coup, (laughs) Appleyard. You you, must have said your prayers right. I don't know. Uh, And Cheryl goes into them about how they owe her because she never turned her back on them like they did to her. But I'm like, what about all those weeks of school you missed because of the doll twin? (laughs) 
like your fake triplet. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You like weren't in school for like two months. Mm-hmm. You kind of failed them. Anyway, they do the worst <laughs> musical number in the history of this it's show. So bad. I generally enjoy the musical numbers on Riverdale. This was awful. This was so. Oh my god, it was bad. Be- okay, they they do. Cherry Bomb. Yeah, Cherry Bomb by uh, The Runaways. <laughs> but it's not good. It's awful. For for one thing, none of their voices, like it, it's Cheryl, mostly Veronica takes a verse. Neither of them are rock singers. Yeah. They're just not. They're, no. The hard-hitting football action that they're dancing is is intercut with is like okay. one once they get like the timing right to hit with the music mm-hmm. the rest like normally they're so good at editing it to like hit yes. action in the music they were definitely hitting on the ones and threes this time if yeah, that it was, yeah it wasn't great it's not good it's not good it just yeah it didn't... there is the part where cheryl basically flashes everyone yes. she does lift her skirt all the way up <laughs> she's channeling that heathers yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, football happens. It's really rough. Archie bleeds at some point. There's mm-hmm. a lot of like tackles. They're down seven nothing, getting to the very last moments of the game. And then they get up to six. Yeah, M- Monroe scores. Yes, they, they finally score a touchdown. Oh, as, you get six points for a touchdown. Yes, as oh. time runs out. I thought they just did a lot of like plays in like a very short amount no, of time. No, a touchdown is six points. <laughs> oh. And then you get to kick the the extra point, the PAT, point after touchdown, or you have a choice to try to um, make it in the end zone again, which is a two-point conversion. And this Uh. is what the coach calls, because the coach is a fucking moron. You take the point and you win it in overtime, you asshole. Guess what? They don't make it. They go for two, and they don't make it. They lose the game instead of pushing to overtime. I mean, I don't know how the coin toss went. Maybe they they wouldn't get first possession. But you have a better chance of winning in overtime than you do getting the, the, the conversion. Jesus Christ. I get my year of football through Riverdale. Okay. So I'm just going to say I agree with you. The only thing I can assume, the only thing I can assume is that the coach – I don't know, was late to, to, like, his wife is in labor or something. Like, he had somewhere to be that he could. We never see him. We never see him. <laughs> he calls this play and I can only assume gets in his car and leaves because he knows that he's going to be crucified by the entire city of Rivertale. So back in the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, Frank comes in. And tries to, like, pep talk yes. Archie good about old, how he played. Good old Dr. Feelgood is and here in the locker room. Archie's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you gave him friend drugs. We're all just lucky that uh, that Monroe's knee is pointing the proper way. That he didn't become, like, I, half bird. I really thought he was going to get paralyzed or some shit right? during this. Monroe, however, comes uh, still hopped up on drugs because he's walking fine. Uh, running in. Because he just met with the recruiter and the recruiter wants him to go to Notre Dame and to, like, go visit him next week. Mm -hmm. And he's really excited. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, out in the stands, Brett is all like, I won, Betty. Mm -hmm. He opens by bragging about the story getting spiked. Yes. And then bragging about winning the football game. Yes, and she's like, well, I'm just starting my digging, so mm-hmm. watch out. That's not the real story. That's that's just the, the background research. 
Then we go to Cheryl and Veronica and Cheryl hands Veronica a snow cone and Veronica licks the snow cone Mm -hmm. and she's like, hmm, what's that? That's maple. And she gets an idea and I'm like, oh my fucking God, my prediction is coming true. (laughs) Veronica is getting the idea to put maple in her rum. I've said this all along. I, I said it too. I said it first. I, I said it. I said it a lot too. I, I said it first. Okay. Also, maple snow cones are actually not that weird. I once it's went to a maple festival, yeah, where they were serving maple snow cones, and they also had maple cotton candy. And I don't even like maple, and that mm-hmm. maple cotton candy, I dream of. Veronica has also been to a maple festival here in the town that Maple built. Didn't immediately recognize the flavor of maple snow cone. Also, your friend has she, who, has she been hanging out with Uncle Frank. Your Wait friend, a minute. Your friend who has like a maple. Like, Monopoly just Mm -hmm. handed you a snow cone that's either going to be Coke-flavored or maple. It's brown. It's brown snow. I mean, these these are two teen business owners. One of them is trying to find a new recipe. The other is trying to find, like, a buyer for maple syrup. And they didn't think of this independently. They should have called me. It took this long. I mean, one of them was being haunted for a, a good portion of the year. Yeah. Uh, so Hiram goes to his car, and it has been keyed all the way down, and there is a bottle a of full, Luna rum. Full bottle of rum emptied into the tank, st- sticking out of the, the hole. Yep. The gas hole. The gas know. hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Hiram, the gas hole. <laughs> I do love that the extent of Reggie's imagination is vandalism. He's like, let's keep car that's, that's all he's got it's his go-to play and I, it works every time i was expecting so much more reggie right it's literally just a keyed car mm-hmm. i mean he did if he, he only, only had, had half time. time he was very busy that day uh so back at the andrews household uh archie is unfolding the sleeper sofa mm-hmm. for frank they've moved frank into the house like a lost kitten uh mary is not happy but she's putting up with it Frank's all like, why the change of heart? You were pretty pissed at me. And Archie's like, oh, things are fine now. You made Monroe happy. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, Frank Frank tries to make his point that like, hey, you, you gotta let people make their own decisions and, and stand by them if, if you trust them and if you're really their friend. And like, man, you got so fucking lucky there, dude. I really would have liked Archie to be like, we're gonna try this. But I swear if you give my friends drugs again, I will kill you. I will beat you up like Bear Man. (laughs) (laughs) The bear survived. The bear man didn't. I'm not okay with other drug dealers, but I'm fine with you. Family. Remember, kids, maybe drugs can be good. So the next scene. (laughs) The next Uh, scene is Veronica and Cheryl getting buzzed in broad daylight during brunch service at Pops. Doing some shots of her (laughs) rum mixed with maple. Uh And Cheryl's all like, oh, what's that flavor? Because apparently she doesn't know what maple is either. Maybe that's why your business is failing. Don't even know your own product. What what are you? Some sort of like venture capital firm? I thought you actually made things for a living. What I love is the bottle of maple syrup that uh, Veronica puts on the counter is literally a log cabin bottle mm-hmm. of fake syrup that just says <laughs> blossom on it. Yes. No one bottles maple syrup like that. Maybe yeah, the that's, blossoms do. Maybe that's why her business is failing is no one realizes that it's actually maple syrup. They all think it's corn syrup in a bottle. 
Cheryl also refers to it as breakfast on a beach. And she's like... That's something no one ever does in the world ever. Breakfast on a beach? Yeah. No. I don't know. If I was like, that's a fancy place. And they're like, hey, do you want breakfast in your beach cabana? I'd be like, yeah. Give me that. Would that taste like maple rum? No. <laughs> uh, but Veronica's like, no. It tastes like money. Mm, and I'm like, I think, I think that would taste more like grime. <laughs> Germs. So Principal Honey is complimenting Betty's article uh, that it's very full of spirit. Yeah. I mean, now that they lost the football game, anything that tarnishes uh, uh, Blackwell's reputation is, is good by him. Stonewall. Stonewall's reputation. Yeah, I was like, Blackwell. I'm so ready for <laughs> Sabrina part three, I guess. <laughs> So Betty's like, no, we are, st- I'm fighting a battle still. She goes into this whole thing about how, you know, Stonewall has a quiz bowl team and uh, the championship is weeks away and they could use a beaten and the principal's all like, well, yes, we don't. I was aware of all of these things, but we don't have a team. And he's just like gleaming behind his big old glasses at, at the idea of a rematch, I guess. And so... He agrees to this, and Betty is made captain of the Quiz Bowl team. That doesn't exist. That is apparently going to play enough matches in a couple weeks to make it to the championship. Darling, as someone who did Quiz Bowl, is that possible? I mean, I don't know that there even is a state championship. It, it It was more of a club than, you know, something managed like that, at least in my experience. You guys ended up on PBS. Yeah, uh, I don't think any episodes I was in made it onto. Yeah, yes, they did. I, I mean, watched you. Yeah, I was on PBS, but I mean, none of those episodes are the ones you can find on YouTube right now if you look. Oh. Because <laughs> I tried. <laughs> there are other. Uh, I think uh, I have a VHS tape of it somewhere. There there are plenty of episodes of High School Challenge from the uh, PBS network out of U of M Flint, or at least that used to be out of U of M Flint. Yes. But none of the ones with me in it. <laughs> no, I mean, may- maybe the state championship is w- would be like an invitational tournament, but... No, it's not going to be. That's the only way I can see this being plausible. Honey, you know, pulling some strings, calling up a friend of his to, to get them a last minute registration in like the qualifying round. And we just skip all of that because... It's, you know, it's going to be Riverdale and, and Stonewall in the final. That's where the drama is. Yeah. But if, if there is any larger governing body, I feel like your team has to exist before the run up to the finals to get in the finals. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Stonewall. Jughead goes and uh, walks in and he sees the rest of the club and DuPont. And, and FP. His daddy. And he's like, what's going on? And they're like, we invited him because want, we wanted FP to celebrate with us. And FP's like, you got into Yale, boy. And he's such a proud papa. It's the first time he says boy happily. Yeah. It's he, a happy boy. It was a happy boy. It wasn't a boy, I'm going to kick your ass. And FP is a very happy boy. He's so happy. He's so proud. He's so proud of the first Jones to go to college. Any college at all, let alone an Ivy League school. Hot damn. Uh, Jughead is shocked. He is even more shocked when he finds out that Brett got in and Brett is really fucking creepy about it. How is anyone shocked that Yale, that Brett got into Yale? Yale should be his fucking safety school. No one's shocked about that. I'm a little concerned about how much Brett wants to be his roommate. Yes. 
there's so much of Brett's face in this episode that you really start to hate how it looks. Yes. And his mouth and his teeth especially. Something about them are just uncanny. Yeah. I do not like br- looking at Brett Weston Wallace. So then we get a flash forward. One month later. Betty is packing up Jughead's Stonewall room. And Brett comes in and says, save your tear, your tears, ponytail. Yeah. He, he goes on about how Forsyth isn't going to Yale just like you wanted. So it'll just be you and me there. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on? What's going What's on? What's going on? And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Yes. Implication that... Betty is faking her grief as as well as suddenly she is going to Yale. Oh. oh. So, dear, what did you think of Chapter 67, Varsity Belouz? Well, I think I pointed out some of my issues with it. <laughs> so It seemed n- a not, little choppy. Not a big fan of Frank. Not a big fan of Frank. Do not like Frank. Did not trust Frank when he showed up. Mm-hmm. St- I really do- I don't think there's anything good that's going to come from Frank. <laughs> We need to stop naming children Frank. Frankly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know a good Frank. It's more important to be earnest. I love you. <laughs> there, there were parts that were fun. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see some people spending a little time together, some characters interacting that haven't, but it only lasted like two seconds here or there. Yeah. Archie has met Brett. That's good. Everybody's met Brett now. Yes. All, all, all of our Except, main four characters. Yeah. I, it was just like I was getting a taste of like, oh, Betty and Veronica. Oh, they go away. Betty Betty and Jughead socially, not just mystery times. Veronica and Jughead. Oh, they go oh, away. Oh, they go away. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl and Veronica. Oh, uh, they go away. No. They don't even really talk. They, they just cheer together. Yeah. So close. So close. I liked Principal Honey. He was funny. Yeah. I liked his sweaters. More like. It's the most enjoyable he's ever been. Yeah, Principal Honey hasn't done much other than just be the hard ass trying to like come in and, and make everything ship shape by force. But we see him in sort of like a dorky side, in, in a prideful side. I kind of love it, it adds color that's more interesting. I kind of love the idea that he's just like like super like all he really wants is a team to win. Yeah, he, <laughs> he will just, invent a team if that's what he, it takes. He just wants to put a trophy in the trophy case because all the other trophies got broken during riot night. Yeah. <laughs> he inherited an empty trophy case. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of that scene from uh Trouble with Angels mm-hmm. where they uh, win the band competition that the nun didn't want them to do in the first place, and she's all like fawning over yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. No one else got that, but you did. It's, yes, absolutely. It's that whole like, oh, this is the best thing ever, and really the whole time it was a fight. Mm-hmm. You're gonna edit that out because no one else will get it. No, of <laughs> I would never cut out your weekly uh, uh, reference to the trouble with angels. It's not weekly. For all they know, it is, and I just edit out all of them, but that one. <laughs> I like nun movies. Do you prefer Sister Act or Sister Act 2? Least favorite nun movies. Really? I, I've seen them. Sister Act 2 has much better musical numbers than the first. I and, haven't seen those in probably 20 years. And I think <laughs> that like reinvigorating and, and building up the community is, is a more positive and enjoyable story than the, the mob boss witness protection angle. I'd probably like them if I saw them again. Yeah. 
I'm 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 much more of a I guess a classical nun movie person. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, darling, what did you think of this episode? I am just glad to be back. There, there's some good filming moments. There's some great character moments. In the end, I think this is going to be a pretty average episode of, yeah. of Riverdale. I don't know if this is going to be one that you think back to, but ev- everything in it was necessary. Had a, had a point. Had a thrust. Yeah, like that's the thing. It is, like it. It is a solid strike across the plate. It was average. Yes. It was fine. There was enough good stuff to outweigh that atrocious musical number. Oh, it was not good. <laughs> I was just staring at the pom poms on their shoes. Yeah, yeah. Those were good. That brings us to our our newest segment that we've been doing all this year. That you have. I've been enjoying it. I like to think we, but, you know, in practice, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, (laughs) And for the next uh, three weeks, we're going to be doing a themed subset of Check Your Sources. Because we're going to start with Jughead the Hunger. Jughead the Hunger is a, a larger miniseries. I'm not sure if it was a miniseries that was long or an ongoing that was cut short. Honestly, maybe I should check my homework. Maybe it's both. But it it started as a, a one-shot and then w- became a series that went several arcs after. And uh, it is the story of a world where Jughead is a werewolf. Yeah. And that is how he puts away all them burgers. Yes, it is. Also, some grisly murders happen around Riverdale. He goes on the road, joins the circus. Uh, I got around to reading a few of these. Yeah. I mean, the best part is when he's riding the rails, joining the circus. Then, he, you know, he comes home to, to save Jellybean from being kidnapped by the evil werewolves. Uh, Moose is killed and eventually stitched together as a Frankenstein. A lot of stuff happens before Jughead the Hunger ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is written by Frank Thierry with art by Pat and Tim Kennedy. I recommend this uh, uh, book a lot of it because of the art of Pat and Tim Kennedy. Uh, they're, they're hard blacks. Uh, the the very moody color palette, uh, the the sort of gaunt and twisted uh, uh, faces and character designs all lend to the the sort of you know monster movie atmosphere they're going for. I think it, it's very strong, uh, very evocative. At least check out the original uh, one shot if you can find it. You certainly can digitally. There's no scarcity there. Uh, it, it's a Pretty good one-and-done story that sets up, you know, this world, this narrative. If you do follow along, as soon as you get to an issue that's like, man, I don't know anymore, just drop it. Because I think it's a book that while it starts strong, it does get pretty diminishing returns. There's there's no uptick eventually over the course of Jughead the Hunger. Yeah. So once you're done, you can be done. Yeah. But... Generally, I enjoyed the book. It kept my uh, interest long enough until it ended. uh, And we may never, ever know what's going on with all those identical Diltons. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. I remember the identical Diltons. Yeah. I think they're clones. Yeah. But I suppose that brings us back to Riverdale and a look at the future. Only one short week away and beyond. What are your predictions? Brett. Brett. Weston Wallace is out to get Jughead because he is jealous of Jughead and FP's father-son relationship. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, he wants to like become Jughead. He wants FP to adopt him and be his papa. Mm-hmm. He wants a papa that, that doesn't force him into, well, sexual abuse, essentially. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, do. don't we all? Yes. <laughs> this most recent flash forward has changed my mind. This is not Jughead's plan to fake his own death for some purpose. It's Betty's. Betty's for her article. Yes. Yep. This is how Betty finds the the real depths, the final truths, is by sacrificing Jughead, hopefully in a non-permanent way. So what if she Mm -hmm. goes to, like, Brett or them about how, like, she she convinces them to help her so she can get into Yale because it's not fair and that's all, like, so that way she can write about it and, like, what they do. Ah, yeah. Yeah. What, what strings they pull, what, what they're able to, to get for someone who was rejected. Yes. Yeah. I think maybe she just won a, a Yale scholarship in the quiz bowl. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Some, someone saw her as team captain and was like, wow, I'm really wow. impressed with how you did this in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Pulled together this whole team, almost single-handedly defeated the, the most wealthy and well-renowned private academy in New York. You should go to Yale. You should probably go to Yale. Yeah. I think that Veronica and Cheryl's maple rum business mm-hmm. is going to become the biggest thing and they will tear down Hiram. Yeah. Yes. Until Hiram frames them by like hiding a body in their distillery. Well, you know, nothing perfect lasts forever. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Frank is going to burn down the gym unaware that it is not actually insured. <laughs> he forgot to ask. Never assume, Uncle Frank. Never assume. Uncle Frank is going to become the new Dodger. Yeah. And start oh. selling shit to the kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then Archie's going to have to give him a beat down. Yes. Yeah. That's when we find out Bear Man was uh, actually Archie's cousin. Bear Man looks an awful lot like Frank, just yeah. to say. Yeah. All right. I, got I don't think he was really on a clam ship. No. Crab ship, whatever. No. <laughs> I got a real long shot prediction here. I don't think it will happen, but it might. Okay. Kevin will have lines. <gasps> I know there's a it, it's not likely. I but maybe think that is false. <laughs> Kevin is just gonna disappear into the shadows, never to be seen again. Kevin Until the musical episode. Kevin exists only in GIF format for the rest of the run of Riverdale. Which we should mention, fifth season got announced. We, so we got a fifth season. We haven't said that on the show yet. They they did it just to prove me and, and my earliest prediction of the year wrong. Well, you said this is the last season. I'm thinking my my prediction is that season five will be the summer. Yeah. And uh, then... Perhaps a short season. Yes. And then the show's over. Mm-hmm. That's my prediction. We can't go to college. We can't go to college. They're not all going to Yale. Definitely not. <laughs> Apple Yard. Apple Yard. Will stick around. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, she's locked. She can't go anywhere. <laughs> and she'll become a coach for something else. Mm. I don't feel like she'll be the coach for, like, quiz ball. That's <laughs> definitely going to be honey. Yes. Yeah, uh, she, she, this is personal. She She's going to stick around. She's going to try and make Cheryl's life living hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is impossible. Her mother has tried. <laughs> is her mother still, like, in the bunker? Yes, she is, because yes. that happened in the last episode. Yep, yep. M- mommy's still in the sex hole. Okay. 
now that we're, we're done talking about what might happen, let's talk about what is certain to happen in Chapter 68, our next episode. It is called Quiz Show. Guess what? It's about a quiz bowl. It's about a quiz bowl. This is named for the 1994 film Quiz Show, a legal thriller about a 1950s game show sponsored by Geritol that was rigged. Oh. This scandal uh, went all the way to congressional hearings that nearly brought down the entire quiz show genre. Dang. You you can watch the uh, main episode in question. Basically, it is known... That, you know, the the sponsors and the network were manipulating the results in order to to make drama so people would turn tune in, so people would buy Geritol and, and keep watching NBC, right? Mm-hmm. The, the talent, you know, the competitors involved were promised, you know, hey, go along with this. You'll get a spot on the, on the Today Show. You'll get your own. The Today Show existed in the 50s? Hell yeah, it did. Wow. You'll you'll get this, you'll get that. We'll we'll take care of you. And so the the reason that quiz shows still exist is because the show's producers jumped on the grenade. They took all the heat and protected NBC and Geritol and everyone else. Ah. Yeah, yeah. All of this for some like snake oil old people tonic. Goodness. Well, what we know from the trailer, yes, is that it's. As it's a couple weeks later, and it's the Quiz Bowl Championship. Yeah, basically the entire trailer is set in the game with this big, like, family feud-style neon set. Yeah. I don't know. It did not look like that for you guys. Apparently, whatever championship this is spent more money on it than the state of New York did <laughs> for their football championship. <laughs> Maybe that's some priorities I, I can get along with, actually, yeah. come to think of it. So, from what I can tell, the Riverdale Quiz Bowl team is made up of Betty, Veronica, Cheryl, and someone else. I'm hoping it's Kevin. The boy seems smart. It looks right? like another female, so I'm thinking Tony. <laughs> oh, but I really hope it's... I really want Kevin to be in there, because right. I feel like Kevin would be all about the Quiz Bowl. I feel like Kevin would just be like Bobby Hill in that Quiz Bowl episode. <laughs> Where he knows everyone uh, nominated for every award ever. Yes. He's, he's the pop culture. Yes. Yes. God. I can get down with that. How many, half the episodes of King of the Hill I love. Are, are Bobby joining a team or a club or an after school activity and Hank being surprised because Bobby never does that kind of thing. And he does it all the time. <laughs> he's the busiest middle schooler on earth. <laughs> he does self-defense. That's my purse. I don't know you. Uh, he doesn't he do... He does quiz bowl. He does puppet shows. He doesn't do any of them for very long, but he does everything. He devils. <laughs> I love you, Bobby Hill. Anyhow, that's it from us uh, for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for sticking with the wait. We are back weekly for one more week. <laughs> and then we're going to be a little off then, schedule. Then we, we have some... Uh, we have a vacation planned, which means we will be out of state and away. So uh, in two episodes time, you're going to have a bonus go up and then we will get to episode after next. Soon as we can, you know, once our plane lands, we're going to come home. We're going to watch it. That's yep. I think that's the plan. We'll catch up on that Katie Keene episode. Yeah, we're also going to miss the Katie Keene premiere on our trip, but uh, probably do a bonus episode on that sometime. 
We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Make sure you leave us a rating and review. Yeah. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to You've us. You've had six weeks, people. You should have done it by now, but <laughs> go do it now. It's fine. Go, come on. Come on. You can also tell a friend. Come on. If you haven't done it yet, you should be ashamed, but go do it. How many other shows talk about one of the kids from Big Daddy growing up to hit a G-spot? How many shows? And if there's more than one, can you give me a link to their RSS feed? I'm interested. Uh, I want to know. We should collab. Yeah. And oh, you, yeah. And you can send us those links on Twitter. We are at sex underscore Archie. Yes. Hanging out, carrying the banner. It's a fine, fine life. Dinner goes where he wishes. We just free as fishes. Sure, beats washing dishes. What a fine life. What? What? <laughs> I love you. I love you too. What? <laughs> we might hear some people sing that in two weeks. Yes. Except it'll be the Broadway version, which is wrong. Damn you, Casey Cott's brother. <laughs> it's not his fault. It might actually be Harvey Firestein's fault. Damn you, Harvey Firestein. Damn you. They changed the words for no reason. The words were fine. They were good words. They didn't make it better. They made it worse. Or just a straight equivalent swap in a lot of cases, which is just confusing. Confusing. Like, there are lines where it's just like, there's no point in changing that. Why did you change that one word? To a synonym. Basically, no change at all. I don't get it. No, no sense. Well, now that we've made ourselves sad, we should sign off. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie, I boxed a bear. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, boy. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me. And you got me. And you got me. Break it down, boy, please.